So you, you've got Benaiah, this mighty man that's hanging out with David. And he's out walking around one day and he comes across the path of a lion. He's like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm going to run away from the lion. That's what most sane people would do, run away from the lion. Not, not Benaiah. Benaiah's like, guess what? Cat, you're mine. Obviously, whatever it was, was brave enough that that lion looked at Benaiah and was like, I am getting the hell out of here. He turns around, runs the other direction, starts running. Benaiah's chasing this guy like, ah! I mean, how do you yell at a lion? He's chasing the lion. The lion actually goes down in a pit. And like they were saying there, Benaiah jumps and leaps into a pit. Hey, what are you thinking? Benaiah ends up coming out victorious. And that's the story that you hear of Benaiah in the Bible. is the fact that he chased a lion down on a snowy day into a pit, killed a lion, and was victorious. So I'm going to talk about one of the books that was written on this. So the first book is uh, Chasing a Lion on a Snowy Day. No. In, in the Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. And then the second book is called Chase the Lion. So what I'm going to do today is a little bit different than most of my normal talks that I do because normally my talks are, you know, planned out. I've written them out. I've, I've done some stuff. But this is basically going to be the cliff note versions of what God spoke to me as I was reading this book. So this might be like rapid fire one liners. Uh, so hopefully some of them will really, really touch you and give you things to think about. Uh, so. The first thing that I, I was going through was I was reading it and, you know, the story of Benaiah is just in itself insane. But the thing that I was thinking about is if you are looking for an opportunity, you'll always find one. If you're looking for an excuse, you'll always find one of those as well. The goal of this life isn't to go through life with no troubles and arrive at death safely. Think about that. All, we're talking about being warriors. What warrior is a couch surfer? I don't know a single one. What impossibility do you believe for yourself that you have to repent of? The shortcoming that you see of yourself isn't a shortcoming to God because he looks at you and doesn't see that in you. You see that and you see it in yourself. That's something that you need to come to God and apologize for because he made you amazing. And that shortcoming is something you see in yourself, not something he sees in you. You also have to repent of your unbelief of your possibilities. God is writing a story through you and it takes place when you believe in the dreams and the possibilities he's given to you. And this was kind of the thought that I put down. Every once in a while, you know, I, I try and look at writing down or updating, you know, my life mission statement, you know, when you create a business, you write out a mission statement. So I'm, I'm always writing things down. And so right now I've probably got like a 32 page mission statement. And this was one of the things that I had in there. It goes, my dream isn't my legacy. I want my legacy to be how I was able to connect you to your dream long enough for it to become your legacy. My dream isn't my legacy. I want my legacy to be how I was able to connect you to your dream long enough for it to become your legacy. You cannot break the law of sowing and reaping. I don't know how that got in there because I don't remember that being anywhere in the book. 
But somehow that popped up and it's so true. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Guess what? Whatever you don't sow, you're going to reap too. We don't die when our hearts stop beating. We die when our hearts stop skipping a beat in the pursuit of our passions. When our hearts stop breaking for the things that break the heart of God. That's when you know you're on the right path. And this this sounds like the Hunger Games. May the odds forever be against you. What? Okay. So may the odds forever be against you so that my God can show up in a big way. When the odds are against you, that's how God gets more glory. If everything is awesome, everything is awesome. God can come and do anything amazing. It's got to be the pits in order for God to pick you up. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in providence. It's not a coincidence you guys are here. It's providence. It's not a coincidence that some people didn't make it here. God knew that they didn't need to be here. God knew exactly who he had to have here. Nothing sets you up for a miracle more than going the extra mile. Going just a little bit further is what God's looking for to open the floodgates of heaven and pour out an abundance on you. So don't operate in a spirit of fear. You have to operate in a spirit of focus. That's so true in our business. If we, if we don't focus on what we're trying to attain, we're not going to attain what we're going after. So make sure that you're using a spirit of focus and not a spirit of fear. And that kind of goes over what we talked about last night. You can't just pray as if it solely depended on God. You must work as if it depended all on you. It's your work ethic that, plus the prayer and your prayer ethic that gets you closer to achieving your goals and dreams. It's a two-pronged sword. Obedience to God earns compound interest. That's, that's an amazing statement. I'm going to say that again. Obedience to God earns compound interest. Do you guys know how amazing compound interest is? Do you know how horrible it is with mortgages and student loan debt? The compound interest of God would be magical. Eventually, the blessings of God will overtake you. You don't have to start over again every day and build on each day. That's what I love about our business model. Our business model, you can start today and build upon that and build upon other people. And you don't have to do all of the work all over again. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you have a nine to five job, guess what? If you don't wake up again next day and go to work, you don't get paid. This is a little bit different. You can get paid for doing work that you did 10 years ago. Blair loves that. Blair, you, you, you love that residual income, don't you? <laughs> God is the king of residual income. In your discouragement today, you need to zoom out and look at the big picture and stay committed now to what goodness lies ahead. You know, that goes back to if we're having struggles, take a second to step back and look at the overall picture of how this is affecting your life. You are part of a bigger picture, and God normally uses that struggle for his glory. But at the moment that you're in it, it's always hard to see it. So when you zoom out or you have a discussion with somebody else where somebody else can reframe that for you, it is really, really good to help you moving forward. I love this one. Don't settle 
for your plan A. Settle for God's plan B. And the reason why is because we're men. We always have a plan A and a plan B. We're always going and going and going. But have you thought about, is that plan the same plan that God has for you? In God's book, success is spelled S-T-E-W-A-R-D-S-H-I-P, stewardship. If you've been given such an amazing gift, it's like the talents. You've been given talents so that you can go out and do something more with it. Use those talents not only for yourself but for the betterment of other people. Ooh, man. God doesn't always call us to win, but he does always call us to try. Half of faith is learning what we don't know. The other half is unlearning the irrational fears and false assumptions that we've either placed on ourselves or have been placed on us by others. And the opposite of love, what do you guys think that is? Fear. Because all of those things stem from fear. Love conquers fear. When you're afraid, look to God for love and that fear dissipates. And I have apathy as a short second. (laughs) The cure of fear, or I'm sorry, the cure of the fear of failure isn't success. It's experiencing failure in a bunch of small doses that we become immune to giving up by the time a big failure presents itself. You need to be more afraid of missing opportunities than failing and making mistakes. So get ready because if you're ready, set, go, you will never go because you're never ready. That goes back to being prepared. When opportunity meets preparation, success happens. If you're not prepared, you won't see opportunity. Inaction, inaction regrets outnumber action regrets 84 to 16%. When people were asked, looking back on their lives, what was their biggest mistake? And they said it wasn't anything more than regrets of things that they didn't do. So don't let the greatest regrets in your life be the things that you didn't do and could have done. You can regret all the things that you couldn't have done. That's simple. But the things that were in your control that you could do today to make tomorrow better, don't let those slide by. Your dreams will inspire a great number of people, but your dreams will also summon opposition. Why? Because you are disrupting the status quo. You will cause a wide variety of feelings in other people, including jealousy and anger. You have to come to the reality that you, can please, you can't please all of the people, and you can please some of the people some of the time, but you will never be able to please all of them all the time. You're going to have to offend someone. It's a given. You just have to make the decision on who that's going to be. And my, my advice would be to offend the ones who are not going to build you up and encourage you along the way. Embrace the people that are on your team. Because a compliment from a fool is an insult, and an insult from a fool is a compliment. 
Sometimes there's a point where you have to put your money where your dream is. No, literally, you have to put a deposit on the faith that God has given you and then get to work. Think of it as the down payment on your dream. Every dream has a price tag. It also has a tax and hidden cost too. But a God-sized dream is worth every dollar, every penny, every second, and every ounce of energy that you have to put into it. So how much is that dream worth? Because the net return will really be hard to calculate because God's math, we can't even comprehend. But you have to count the cost, pay the price, and repeat it as often as necessary. You don't get to just pay the price once. There are a few things that you can pay the price once for and be done with. The rest of it is a continual price to be paid. Adding a relational component to your life goals reduces your selfish nature. So that comes back to making sure that you are looking and finding a way to help other people because of the fact that in, when you bring people along for the ride, it diminishes that selfish nature that's implanted in all of us. Because crossing the finish line by yourself is half as fun as crossing it with someone you know and crossing it with someone you love is even better. The longer you lead, the less it will be about you. The potential and your potential will be determined by the people you surround yourself with. So with closing, what I want to talk about is the fact that David selected mighty men to surround themselves with. And then they chased after battles. They went looking for battles. I love that this is called run to the battle. I'm going to update that and be like, looking for a fight. That is what we're going out there to do. We're going out there as mighty men to battle, to do things for each other that will help put ourselves in a position to change so many lives. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a fight. And I can't wait to fight alongside with you guys. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen.